Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Hi, Gimp. Didn't feel the need to share this story with anyone. I think I, I, well, you know, I'm not trying to share it from a standpoint of bringing on bad karma, but I think it's important for the people to know that you're playing hurt this week. Yeah, I'm a little yeah. crippled. A little purpose. Well, you're, it's in a sleeve right now, but is there some good bruising? It's a little bit of bruising. Nice. Yeah. Um, not that exciting story short. Uh, I got a tear in my calf muscle. Yes, and exactly. I, and I am hobbling my ass around now. Well, that's what you get for doing your, um, your recreational bullfighting on the weekends. Say, it was so lame. It was just running. That was it. Just running down a basketball court. And then you just, you dropped like you were like. <laughs> Nature dropped my ass. Yeah. Like if there was like some sort of like ambush, like somebody hit you with like a, like a blow dart to knock you out. You just, you were down. I was like, oh, oh my. Well, the yell probably clued you in too. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. I had already passed you on the floor as I was sprinting <laughs> down the floor to play defense. Unlike some people. I'm sorry, something was busy tearing in my leg. Well, that's a you problem. It is. <laughs> Knock on wood, that doesn't happen to me. Been there, done that. <clears throat> I've learned that probably playing pickup basketball is dangerous. Yeah, we've had like three major injuries, and in not us, but like this group has had like three major injuries and, like in the last three months. And you've been two of them, a concussion and a tear. I didn't get concussed. You said you were concussed. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, so you don't even remember it because you were concussed. <laughs> it was from the massive shot I took to the head. That's true. <laughs> Maybe maybe when you're able to return, like this is like you're gonna be out like eight weeks probably six hope, to eight weeks. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know how long. Four it's to six. Good. You know, you're no time lord. You you can't heal like Robert Williams did last year with his meniscus tear. No, people aren't going in there to surgically fix me up. Can we like maybe like shoot some cortisone in there and see if that works? I'm sure it wouldn't hurt. I mean, maybe you're gonna come back like bigger, better, faster, stronger. Like you actually will have some vert. Oh god, it, yeah, it wasn't fun, but here I am now. I'm glad that you're okay. Because one of the things I was thinking in the back of my head, like, if you were, like, really, really hurt, is, like, he's going to be a real bitch to get, like, lifted out of here and into a car. Well, I'm I'm so incapable of asking for help. Like, even when I went down, people were like, oh, do you need help getting over to the bench? I have one working. Like, I'm like, no, I'm fine. I got it. I got it. I am incapable of asking for help. Yeah. Is that healthy? You decide. Um, we all deal with things <laughs> in different ways. I respect your want to have your moment. <laughs> to grunt my way and shuffle around. Yes. <laughs> Like, yeah, you did. Have, you did turn like as white as your your sweatshirt. I, I mean, I was in a lot of pain. You were. You bore it well, though. It wasn't great. Yeah, here we go. All right, there, there you go. A, um, I guess a little quickie before we start. Hey, by the way, if you do want to jump around, there are time codes listed for what we're doing. Mm. But just watched a couple things this week, but thought I'd give only thoughts on the thing that was actually new and recent. All right, uh, watch the Tetris movie that's on Apple TV Plus. I've heard about that. The trailers looked. Like, it was a lot of fun, and it was going to be, like, very bombastic. It's an insane movie. It's not quite as fun as I was hoping for, but still really good. Like, I, I had a fun time, and it's just, it's such a weird, wild story of how Tetris came to be. Did it cause you to want to play a bunch of Tetris? No. Did, did you have a favorite Tetris theme, like A, B, or C? Oh, I don't remember. I never got super... Like, I've, like everyone in the world, I've played Tetris, but it was never, like, it was never like my quick go-to. Like, it can be addicting to play Tetris for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's a fun. It's still around today. Yeah, <laughs> people still play different versions of it. It's it's a big deal. But it's it's a very weird story of like weird like Russian espionage and getting the game licensed to America and all this weird stuff. And 
it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Not quite as good as I was hoping for, but still, it was worthwhile. I'm in the weird minority in which I was a, a person who owned a Game Boy but didn't own Tetris. Yeah, I mean, it launched with it, so you must have got it after. Yeah, I got the I had the clear Game Boy. Tetris behind Poke the three primary Pokemon games is the best selling Game Boy game of all time. My favorite Game Boy game of all time was uh, Link's Awakening. But it's also easy to like boost those numbers when you get launched with the title. That's like why Wii Sports is also listed as like one of like the top ten best selling games because you didn't really have a choice when you got your Wii. Yeah, but Wii Sports is addicting as hell. You play it for five minutes once and then never look back. That's that's a you thing, not a me thing. That's why you that's why you tear muscles because you're not athletic on Wii Sports. <laughs> you're right. Oh man, that kills. All right, that's it. All right, so, Tetris is good enough. I didn't feel like I I didn't feel like I wasted my time and I enjoyed it for the most part. Good. And like everything else I watched this week. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Looking at you final Jurassic Park movie. What, what? a piece of shit. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> uh, I knew it going in and it was like, "Huh. Well, suspicions were confirmed. Great. Which one did I hate more? The the second Jurassic World movie or the third one? I don't know. I think the second one made me more viscerally angry than the third one, which is just dull. Mm. Nobody likes viscerally angry, Zach. All right, let's dive in from there to the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Big news week this week. All right. It became a, what are we even going to pick here? All right, well. <laughs> like there was so much news. There's no we in this. You do all the picking. I only picked one time, and that was like a long time ago. My picking privileges have been revoked. Moana is getting a remake a mere seven years later. Wait, what? Moana's getting a live action remake. Oh, okay. I mean, can we get Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it? Will he be in it? Yes, he's the he put out an announcement video. All right. What are they going to do with his hair is what I want to know. I don't know. A wig? <laughs> I hope that's the answer. I was so excited at the end of the video, like... Well, I think it's kind of a pointless remake, especially considering like how fresh that movie still is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like not... there's no room to like grow and change. It's versus yeah, for as much. I also don't really like any of these live action remakes so far. Not that I've seen all of them, but the ones I've seen, I don't think I've liked a one. All right, well, I mean, I haven't really watched any of the live action. I heard the Pinocchio one was good though. There was a good Pinocchio movie last year that was not related to Disney. Which one was that? The Guillermo del Toro one. Oh. The live action Disney one's supposed to be an abomination. Oh. Well, maybe maybe get my Pinocchios crossed. Is the Guillermo del Toro one the one with Tom Hanks or the, the Disney one? Tom Hanks is not in the Guillermo del Toro one. So he'd be in the Disney one. I guess. Process of elimination, baby. There was a third Pinocchio movie last year. That's a lot of Pinocchio. <laughs> At the end of like the announcement video, uh, The Rock is like with his two daughters in Hawaii. And he goes, it's like, hang on, I gotta go get something. I'm like, I hope he co- Oh, he's coming back with a big ass wig. And no, it was just like his big weapon from that movie. Like, that hook. I was like, oh, oh. man, Aww. I wanted a big wig. <laughs> and then, then he cut one of the kids in twain. No, he, no. <laughs> they're like, hey, check out this family movie, Child Murder. Yeah, probably those two, those two do jive. I, I have no interest. I well, we'll see. I don't know. It's one of those. It's just announced, so like the based on purely the announcement, I'm immediately trepidatious of it. Like this is weird, and then also like especially coming like right off of Black Adam, I'm like is the Rock just like swinging around like his power at different studios, being like, I want this one now. Well, I mean, he does have the ability to make movies that bring in money. We discussed, like you said, they're not always great movies, but they make money. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look at his box office returns. <laughs> he makes money. <laughs> he does. I don't know if his movies do. I'm sure that if he's making money, the movie's making money. Yeah, Moana. I don't know. Speaking of remakes, there's a lot of that this week. Harry Potter is getting remade. Yeah, I saw this. Soup to Nuts. Yeah, on HBO Max. Yep. The plan is going to be... One book, one season of television. Yeah, so that's seven seasons of TV. With uh, Because she still owns the rights. J.K. Rowling's right in there, baby. And she says it's going to be more 
<clears throat> more true to the source material. Is that a necessity? Like, do we need that? Like, we already have the movies. I think it's a funny course correction because the Fantastic Beast movies were diminishing returns, and the answer was, well, I guess we can't keep moving forward, so we got to go back. Yes. I mean, yeah, they certainly also ran some major risks when they had seven movies and you cast you cast major characters like Severus Snape or Harry Potter, obviously, through seven movies. They're going to have to cast somebody young and, and as they grow. as I just... I feel like there's a lot more risk than reward in doing this. Yeah, I don't... It's one of those case of separation. There's all this talk about... I mean, Lord of the Rings is going through the same thing. Is how do we continue this IP? At least with Lord of the Rings, there's like numerous like other books and appendices and whatever that you could try and pull from yeah. to try and make something new. Harry Potter, you got... That's it. That's there. And like they always talk about, you know, how do we continue the IP? Which is a... Like, you don't. It's just done. Like, you, you did it once. You continued it for an extra two to three movies how many of those fantastic beast movies are there you split it one of the books into two halves that fun trend that was going on for a while yeah i mean the other part to that too is like with the lord of the Rings stuff on amazon that's like prequelish stuff they're not going back and re you know rehashing and, and replaying out the core movies from that and the core story like this is i can live with the lord of the Rings stuff because it's like the backstory it's the it's setting the stage for everything. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Oh God. Yeah, I I'm pretty indifferent to it. Like I've I've never been a big Harry Potter fan, so I'm kind of like, whatever. I think it's weird to. I mean, we're talking about doing Moana this fast, like quickly. It's like there's still a point where like that cast, obviously with the exception of you know the ones that have passed away, it's like they've aged up enough now that like you could almost do that uh, last book that was a play with them, which I know is the cursed child. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're just. Like, whatever, I guess. Well, you say it's been a while. It's been the first movie is 20 years old this year, I believe. Yeah, but the last one's only like 10. Yeah. So it's not a lot of time in between. No. Like, we're, we're just going to fully tell you the same thing again. That is a short turnaround. Yes. Things get remade. Spoiler alert Voldemort, bad. Harry, always in trouble. It's just such a short time in between telling the same story. Yeah. And you can't even, like, sell me on, like, it's not even like really a different medium. It's like, okay, it's just going to be on streaming. Yeah, it's exactly what it's going. To, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know if, again, like I said, I don't know if the risk is worth the reward in it. I, I guess it's all going to come down to how many people watch this. Oh, and, I think and people are going to tune in. Well, I mean, hardcore Harry Potter fans are rabid Harry Potter fans. I mean, things like Pottermore. I mean, there's still a lot of staying power in Harry Potter also with like Universal Studios and the Harry Potter area. There is a ton of fan fiction. There's just a lot of, you know, again, Harry Potter fans, like the hardcore Harry Potter fans are rabid. So they're gonna, they will watch it. They will eat it up. Well, and We'll see because we'll see. some information came out about uh, season one of the Rings of Power this week. Oh, okay. Uh, a report stating that uh, the completion rate of people who started the series and watched it through episode eight or ten uh, was 37%. Of the people who started it. Not good. I don't know is the thing. It This is a hard... I, that's how it's kind of being presented as a metric, but I don't know how bad that really is. Because when I think about stuff, it's like, okay, second week that a movie comes out, second issue of a comic book that gets released, second week of a TV show, your audience drops by about 50%. Yeah. The novelty wears off. The so attrition. We're, but we're just talking about a week one to week two. So if we drop it to 50%, like does 37% really sound that crazy? 
Now the counter to that is, um, and there's limited data because a lot of these streamers just don't release their stuff. Like the completion rate on canceled Netflix shows was all higher than this. But if you compare like an Amazon that's doing a week to week versus a Netflix when you could just watch it all in one sitting, binge it, does that affect the completion rate? Oh, 100%. I think that you do have some attrition. Like, did you ever go back and finish Sandman? Yeah. I did not. So I'm I'm in the unfinished category. I, I saw, I think we got the little bonus episode. Ooh, there you go. I don't, yeah, I don't know. 37%. It sounds low, but like in my brain, I'm like, is it actually that bad? I don't think it's necessarily that bad. I think now the key is like, keeping those people on like it's not going to be a last of a situation where viewership is going to climb or it's probably not but this is also the most expensive show of all time so also is 37 percent really bad i could be I, again i, I think know. you would have to like i just think cross-reference it against they're so pot committed at this point like with all the money they spent just to get the rights there's and it's amazon it's not like they're going broke anytime soon no and then that's the other piece to it too when you look at the harry potter stuff like that's seven seasons worth how many seasons of rings of power are we getting five so that's like two extra seasons to we've learned that uh, hbo will scrap a thing if it's not working exactly they've already scrapped the next harry potter thing just to do this harry potter thing yeah so like with the lord of like with the rings of power like amazon is like super committed to it how committed will hbo max be if like it's really massive diminishing returns on it and like through one season it, it bombs like there's a lot of pressure to make it really good and get the casting right, get the directing right, get the, you know, make sure you break the story up right. There's a lot of pressure there. All right, a couple other bits of news before we dive into trailers. We're not even hitting all the trailers this week. There was just a lot of trailers. Well, I mean, it is spring cleaning. It's like, hey, Guardians 3 had another trailer. Guess what? We're just going to see the movie anyway. It looks good. Can't mm. wait. There we go. Trailer talk. Yep. Ike Perlmutter was fired from Marvel. I don't know Ike, so I can't speak to him. Um, well, there's a reason you don't know him. He... Uh, he was a very secretive man. Like you can find almost no photos of him out there. There's like reports. It's like when the first Iron Man movie came out, like he went in disguise so no one would notice him. He just sits in the back. It's supposed to be like insanely frugal. Like if there's a Disney event and they let out, like you'd have like free soda. Like everyone was allowed one Coke. You don't get two Cokes. You get one Coke. You get one free Coke. I'm guessing this guy took two. I don't want it. He's uh. rich as hell, so maybe he could have. But he's a guy, like, literally, like, there's, like, stories of him, like, digging through trash cans to pull out, like, paper clips and, like, scrap pieces of paper to just, like, use the other side of. Oh, that's, it's not just frugal. That's, like, smart con- conservation. Well, he's also the guy that uh, pushed the Inhumans on us. Uh, when Marvel didn't have access to the X-Men. <laughs> ah, okay. It supposedly clashed with Kevin Feige a lot, and Kevin Feige just like went around him, and that's how like he got his higher-up title. Oh, okay. Like, look, this guy's working. Uh, Disney was going to do all the like 5,000 layoffs to save money. He's like, good, we'll save all this money with these 5,000 people. I'm against one of the four. There's 4,999 that can go, but there's one I do have an issue with. Uh-huh. Little old Ike. Uh-oh. Yeah, but he, uh, he's he been a major force at Disney and Marvel for years now. Not anymore. Uh, also supposed to be just a bad guy in general. Um, some questionable, like I said, very little is known about him because he's like hyper secretive. But um, yeah. from what we know, maybe some questionable personal politics. It's always the quiet ones. Mm. So yeah, uh, Perlmutter's out, which I don't think anyone will really notice, except maybe the Inhumans will never rear their head again. And that's bad? I mean, I guess if you do it well. Okay, I suppose. You didn't watch that show, man. You don't know. No. I heard you say it was bad. That, and I... that movie got turned into a terrible TV show. It was the worst thing Marvel's ever put out. But see, I trust you, so you saved me the pain of having to do it myself. 
oh yeah that's a that's a definite never rewatch under any circumstance kind of show and again can't thank you enough for taking the bullet for me and for our listeners speaking of shows new star trek show coming i know shocker i love it live long and prosper hey, baby one of them is picard's on the way out so we got to have another one in production makes I'll, sense always be doing star trek no matter what abd uh, abdst this is going to be starfleet academy oh is the name of the show i don't know why to pause so long for it sounds academy. like a like an 80s sitcom where like no it's just you know younger recruits going through starfleet academy hey you know what it'd be kind of cool to see like starfleet academy and how it works yeah we've only seen it in you know small chunks so yeah it's it's always been there but certainly it's kind of an it'll be a different approach like it's certainly doesn't sound like it's going to be a like what we're getting a picard of having it being on an actual ship yeah i mean that was also the first two seasons picard it wasn't based on a starship will it be nova squadron <laughs> i don't know who's gonna be where okay is wesley gonna get a weird little ball game that wasn't at starfleet academy though i know just what i was thinking of the most boring way to hypnotize people in the world put the ball in the hole i mean that for millennia that's had people in trances <laughs> ball in the cup i play golf i mean I, I know what it's all about it's addicting as hell man did you realize, I don't know why this is all of a sudden becoming a thing that people are noticing, The uh, speaking of balls and holes, uh, in the Beat It music video, the pool table does not have holes in it. Weird. There you go. What a weird choice for set design. I mean, is what it is. But I was this week years old when I found that out. Yeah, I'm also not going back and watching Michael Jackson videos. I mean, me either, but it was just an interesting oh, Apparently little... you did. No, I didn't. I saw it on the internet. Oh, okay. So it must be true. Trailer time. Nothing but trailers. I was going to say the biggie. I don't know what the biggie is this week. I guess time will tell. Let's, but we can start where I just started on my list. Across the Spider-Verse had a new trailer, a full one this time. Two of them released. We got one international and then our regular one. Yes. Which were basically the same trailer, except the international uh, had something different. I didn't watch the international one. <laughs> I specifically said international in the text. Did it say international in the text? Oh, maybe when I, because I was going to ask you, what the hell was international trailer? Because I didn't know if there was a movie called international. <laughs> But there is a comma after internet. Yeah, that's that's my, that's me. Well, I'll tell you what it is. And it's unclear what this means. It sure seems to be hinting at something, though. The international trailer opens with a shot of live action shot of uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man suit with some voiceover over it with Tobey Maguire. Ooh. Andrew Garfield's suit with some voiceover by him. Tom Holland's suit with some voiceover by him. Ooh. And I don't. I don't think those were old clips. To be fair, I could have easily checked this, but I don't. I didn't recognize the dialogue. So maybe it's new. Maybe it's old. There's definitely that information is definitely out on the internet. Don't know why I didn't <laughs> double check, but hey, hey, you know, but it's, you know, it's it's at least a hint that they might be showing up in this movie. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, or it's just a weird marketing ploy to make you think they are. Which I mean, I guess after years of lying about not being in Spider-Man: No Way Home. Now they're going to like lie about being in the next movie. Like, oh yeah, we're in it, but we're not. Yeah, that, that'd be a funny re reversal. Like, we never promised that. It was in the trailer. The international trailer. There are plenty of things that are in the international trailers that don't happen. I mean, the rest of the international and the regular trailer are basically the same after that. It um, really gives up a lot of the movie, I thought. Yeah, I did. especially thought the third act was kind of given up. Like when he just says, like, no, I'm going to like make my own way. I'm like, are you, is this the third act? Yeah. Is this the end of the movie? Yeah, clearly. I mean, we also know this movie's getting split in two, so I think this is going to be our Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, I mean, the animation looks like a lot of fun. Redoing the Spider-Man meme, but on a larger scale, was very funny. That made me laugh. That was chuckle-worthy for 100%. It's one of those things, like, usually if I'm just watching a trailer, like, by myself, like, I know you always see these trailer reaction videos of people just screaming the whole time. Yeah. Like, my way I watch a trailer is I mostly sit there in silence, and then I turn it off. This got a legit laugh out of me with that, though. 
That was funny. Got and an it, actual audible response. Did it sound like this? Ha! Yeah, that's probably it. Yep, see? I wouldn't have a very exciting trailer react video. It would just be me staring at a screen. I think you should do that, and then people watch it for the, like, if you do react <laughs> just or not. To wait. Yes. <laughs> I think you could get a lot of viewers, because people are like, look at this guy. He just watches these trailers stone-faced. And then, like, the one time you make a reaction, people would lose their shit. Like, the meme of the people in the bar watching the screen, but, like, if they put different things on it. Like, when the DVD logo hits, like, the corner directly and everyone yep. cheers. That could be you. <laughs> oh, look. He had a reaction for two whole seconds. Yeah. He emoted. For he emoted. I think you would have more different... I think over the course of time, it would be more like, what's his facial hair going to be like this week? What's his haircut going to be like this week? Yeah, I don't believe those trailer reaction videos that people legitimately just sit there and scream for three minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. Nobody can scream. Oh, I mean, anybody can do anything for three minutes. <laughs> That's what she said. I hope. <laughs> Try to live up to the challenge. Yeah. But I love the mixing of it. Yeah, I did feel like there was quite a bit given away in here. I mean, I like getting all... I shouldn't say all of them because we only got a few of the characters from the first movie back in there, but it looks fun. The, the switching up the animation style looks fun. Actually getting... A little bit of the spot looks fun. That hot dog thing was gross, or that bread thing. <laughs> yeah. That also dropped at a really weird time. That dropped at like 3 a.m. like West like uh, West Coast time. What a weird time to drop a trailer. Yeah, because that's like 6 a.m. our time. Or maybe it was midnight, the West Coast. Either way, it was a weird time to drop a trailer. I don't know. Just odd. So yeah, that kind of, it came out, but it almost flew under the radar because it like it didn't come out for like everyone to re be reacting to it like at the same time and like kind of flooding the internet with it. it was like oh did that come out last night huh neat i, I think it looks amazing bam ah i'll kick you in your leg <laughs> please don't i don't know which one would be worse the one that's functional or the one that's bad uh because i need both because i need one of them yeah, so maybe I would attack the one that's not functional. Oh, no, the one that is functional. <laughs> then I'd be, yeah. be screwed. Yeah. Ha! The, the power is mine. Wear a compression sleeve on both calves. Hypnotic had its first trailer, even though the movie has already had its premiere at South by Southwest. But Robert Rodriguez's next movie, it also looks like a bit of a change of pace for him. Now, starring Ben Affleck, it's just Inception, but different. Mm, yes, it, it also gave me... Oh, what the hell is the guy William something is playing the like fit Fitchner. Fitch, yeah, Fitchner. Yeah. I like him. He's a good actor playing kind of the villain person with the hypnosis. I'm wondering if it's gonna be like the movie seven where there's that big plot twist at the end where his wife's head is in the box. What's in the box? I don't know how you got to seven from this. But I just the it has that weird ominous feeling like nothing makes sense. Or it could even be like maybe like Shutter Island. Yeah, this looks a little, I mean, there's clearly like a sci-fi element to it, but it looks a little more, I guess, uh, cerebral than a lot of uh, Robert Rodriguez movies. It, it's a movie that 100% has some sort of major plot twist at the end that you're not going to, like, that you might not see coming. It was Matt Damon all along. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel pissed him off, didn't he? It's a long-going joke. It is a very long-going joke. <laughs> 20 years old now. But it still, still works. I don't know. I mean, I like Robert Rodriguez movies. I mean, usually... You put him more in like like the over the top kind of like insane action movie kind of genre, but it, he's a talented filmmaker. So if he wants to try and do something different, more power to him. I'm definitely gonna check it out. And Affleck's having his own little resurgence. Boom, twice. I want to sit over here. You can't reach with your bum leg. <laughs> I swear, I'll slowly kick it. Um, <laughs> You'll see it coming. And I'll grab your gastric nemesis and squeeze. Yeah, that would feel good. Yeah. See, think about that. Got him. Another trailer this week, Blue Beetle had its first trailer that was kind of forced out there because it leaked. 
And then this one gave me big time like Moon Knight vibes. And then Warner Brothers was like, "Well, oh, shit, I guess we're just hey, it's out there now. Yay, look at our official release." Mm. I mean, first thing we're seeing from it, probably better than I thought it was going to look. I don't know how much it excited me. It took me. A, I knew George Lopez was in this movie. It took me a minute to figure out that was him underneath that beard. Yeah, that was very like, like oh, George Lopez. <laughs> I didn't realize. Uh, I like uh, the kid that's playing uh, Jaime Reyes. He's been in Cobra Kai. He's really good in there. And I mean, the kid's been doing enough like action kind of set pieces over there that I bet will, for as much as it looks like we're not going to see his face in this movie underneath that suit. Oh I, yeah, I bet he'll still get some probably you know, face time in there. I don't know what Blue Beetle's all about. Like, it changes. There's been a couple of them. Uh, the, the first one was a guy called um, Ted Cord, who was just happier Batman. Like he was rich yeah. and he made a bunch of tech, but he was just kind of happy about life. I mean, they called Batman a fascist in this trailer. Yes, they do. <laughs> this more updated one, uh, Jaime Reyes. I mean, the trailer kind of lays it out for you. Finds a magical scarab attaches to him and has an AI, and he it's very much he gets to play that fish out of water a lot of like, whoa, I'm a young kid and I don't know what's going on here. I have powers now. <clears throat> it's a big time DC trope too. It seems like Green Lantern, Blue Scarab, where these things, these intergalactic interstellar objects choose people there was also a little bit of that like that scene in the trailer where it's like the ai is like i can create anything you dream of i'm like this sounds a lot like green lantern yeah but although when the initial reveal of the suit came up and like the little horn things came up over the top i'm like "Hmm, that looks like spawn yeah i mean there's definitely some tried and true stuff they're pulling from here there's a lot of a healthy dose of iron man in this trailer as well yes even the the helmet the face part looks very iron manish but it's a dc property it looks i mean the, the suit looks very accurate to the character um originally if you remember this was going to be released exclusively on hbo max oh yeah and then when the shuffle happened like when they're like we're getting rid of batgirl but blue beetle you're getting an upgrade uh, hopefully they made the right choice yeah i mean it, it didn't like thrill me as a trailer but i watched it going like this at least looks pretty fun like it's Giving me like a way better vibe than like what um, Shazam was giving me. Yeah, I think again, it's you got the classic. Oh, you have something like there's probably some sort of scarab cult, and they're trying to chase down the scarab, and like, oh, that belongs to us. I mean, something, and it's a different bit- than the tip. You're just another snake cult. We'll see. I think it's a weird line that you have to walk because this is a character that, like you said, a lot of people don't know. But there's also a part of me. Um, I know James Gunn was talking about this. Maybe not this exactly, but. I definitely have something that was nice about like the Batman and some other stuff is like I'm getting definitely burned out on origin stories. Like I don't really care about those. Like because we've just how many different ways can you you know do that same thing? Martha. It's not really an origin story, but no. Oh, well, I mean, she dies in the origin of Batman. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot. I've seen it a lot. Yes, even Joker did it. I was like, huh, still doing this. Martha. How many times do I have to watch that woman get shot? You know, many as Bruce apparently. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, better than I, you know, better than I thought going into it, which is a positive. And the last trailer, like I said, not the last one of the week, just the last one we're talking about, because there's a lot of trailers. Uh, Secret Invasion had its first trailer, getting some Nick Fury up in this bitch. Yes, it's been a while. Like he was in Spider Man, but it, like it, what you know, quote unquote, wasn't him. And that was like two whole Spider Mans ago. A brief cameo in the Avengers movies, but he hasn't really played like a big role in a while. No, Samuel L. Jackson. I love it. Get him back into the universe. I wonder if this is the swan song. Like, he's been doing it so long now. Yes, he's been in a, at it for some time. And, you know, can't, I mean... Oh, that's right. He was in Captain Marvel. I forgot about that. Yes. I mean, he was one of the star players in Captain Marvel. 
I'll be very interested. This like this has got to hit up some multiverse stuff, right? Is, I don't know. I hope not. Like that doesn't have to be every story. Yeah. Oh, we glossed over in the Spider Verse trailer that this totally places itself as canon within the current Marvel universe because they mentioned Doctor Strange of that. I don't think. Yes, let's talk about that uh, quickly. Yeah, they. Unfortunately, um, I said I didn't like this at the time. The Marvel movie universe designated themselves as 616 which is the comic universe and i never liked that and then um yeah miguel o'hare says like uh, that doctor strange thing and that nerd from the earth of like one nine 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 yeah so they're saying it's i was just taking it as something similar happened on two different earths but they're not the same thing but isn't that the purpose of the multiverse that like you have the different earths so you can have the different storylines and you don't have to worry about what it what damage could cause to the main storyline yeah, you could just say it was on a world that was almost the same but like this one thing there was different and it was earth 616 and a half well he said like earth 19999 i know I or maybe yeah. it's that world where the avengers all just have beards that was the only difference they just had beards even black widow it was only like one panel oh uh, okay <laughs> i don't remember i mean a beard is a stately thing to have I mean, getting him back in there, getting Ben Mendelsohn, who I really liked in Captain Marvel, like he's just a fun actor to like pop up and stuff. Uh, Amelia Clark, apparently, the role that she's playing is going to be uh, one of the young scrolls that we saw in Captain Marvel, but all grown up now. Oh, so she is a scroll, and it's going to be. It's. I'm curious how many cameos are going to be in here. Of like, who's a scroll? Oh yeah, probably if they cameo, everybody's a scroll. Maybe it also wasn't a miniseries. The comic, I didn't really like it very much at the time, so. I haven't revisited it ever. Well, it sounds like we may end up re- be revisiting it soon. I don't know, because then I have to buy it, and I don't want to. Yeah. So maybe we won't, which is also how uh, we came to next week's topic. <laughs> I was like, no, the Mario movie's coming out. If that shitty Mario movie from the 90s is on streaming, we're doing yes. that. And guess what? I could probably pay to rent it. I didn't look that deep into it, but it wasn't available for streaming, and I'm definitely not paying for it. So we will not be watching the old Mario movie <laughs> next week. Take that as a blessing. The one with John Leguizamo? Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, it wasn't available for streaming, and I'm definitely not paying to rent it. No, nor should you. I don't care if it's three bucks. I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's good just to get Samuel Jackson back. That's definitely the draw for me. And like, Especially, you know, for as much as we've seen him, it's always been in limited, you know, Wizard of Oz-esque, like, man-behind-the-curtain kind of roles. So it'll be fun to see him, like, get up front and center. Yes. Sometimes with, sometimes without an eye patch. It's true. Sometimes with a beard, sometimes not. Sounds a lot like me at Halloween. I've never actually worn an eye patch. Okay, great. I <laughs> didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah, that's Secret Evasion, and that's the news of the week. Yay, news! So, from there, we're going to move on to weird comics facts. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. This week, as we are talking a Wolverine story, yes, the Weapon X, I thought I'd do a one that's connected to Wolverine, but also the X-Men in general. All right, this fair is a enough. Weird one. In Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 12, at the time, it was believed that the X-Men were dead. They had a giant fight in Dallas, but then uh, they ended up getting resurrected and uh, teleported over to Australia, but with the world thinking that they died like in this epic battle. Literally the X-Men, E-X-Men. Yes. <laughs> so because the X-Men are uh, supposedly dead... Mojo, probably talked about him, I don't know, he's a big yellow alien who, who has spider metal spider legs that he sits in because he's quite rotund. Oh, yeah, it happens. And he has like those little like clockwork orange things like prying his eyes oh, open at all yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a fun yeah. time. Oh, sure. But his whole thing is he uh, creates 
like intergalactic television stations. Ooh. And with the X-Men gone, well, he needed to find a replacement. So he created the X-Babies. Imagine Muppet Babies, but it's the X-Men. Muppet Babies. Yes, thank you. Such a good show. This also included a, a little little guy, a little Wolverine. They call him Wolvie. Oh, yeah, Wolvie. His cute little claws. They're just, I mean, they're literally Muppet Babies, but for the X-Men. Also, okay, they're, cool. They're not Muppets, but you get the idea. Yes. And at the end of it, Mojo thinks um, that he's just going to kill them. But it turns out the X-Babies gave him his highest ratings ever, so he let them survive. And they occasionally pop up every couple of years. The fucking X-Babies. Just tiny, cutesy little X-Men. Is there like like a little baby Charles that just kind of goes around in a stroller? No, I don't think he was part of it. Oh. (laughs) Seems harsh. Wow. He's in one of those little baby, like, I don't know what they're called. Playpen? One of those ones that has, like, wheels. It's like you can't quite walk yet. So you Oh, know. yeah, like a little, like a walker, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that, we should get you one of those for your leg. I didn't get pain meds. I didn't get crutches. I didn't get nothing out of this. Well. I had to go spend 30 bucks on a compression sleeve. Are you continuing to ice it? Yeah. Oh. I mean, you, I mean you're pretty much like a doctor with the way you've self-medicated over the years. I really wanted some pain meds. <laughs> you just wanted... You just, I might have some leftovers. <laughs> Emily was like, you got too excited when you said that. You don't get pain meds. Oh, man. And it turns out I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I don't get to have any fun. I just get to be in pain. That's, I mean, there are other ways to manage pain. But yeah, that's uh, weird comics facts. When they were X-babies, and they still pop up occasionally. All right. Just tiny little, like, two-feet X-men. All the powers, yes. but with the personalities of toddlers. Okay. I feel like that's, you know. That is weird. You said it was weird comics facts. That is weird, but somewhat cute and endearing. So from Mojo's highest ratings with the X-Babies to the highest rated women's basketball game of all time. There we go. I was going to try and tie it into UConn, but there we go. It's time for Jared Sports Reports. Well, there we go. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. All right, we'll start off with the NCAA, the uh, men's and women's national championships. LSU winning the women's championship over Iowa. And then on the men's side, UConn getting a win over San Diego State. So there are your two NCAA champions. And then you've got, uh, of course, the Masters kicking off uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I think, what, Thursday, Friday, or ESPN, Saturday, Sunday on CBS, the Masters. Well, I can't wait. A tradition to- unlike any other. I can't wait to kind of glaze over when you bring it up next week. Yes. The Boston Red Sox started off uh, their season by losing their first game to the Baltimore Orioles, then won the next two as they get ready to uh, continue along with the early, early parts of their season. Uh, the Patriots continue to do... Uh, well, you know what they say, baseball doesn't start until Christmas. Exactly right. You are 100% correct. Baseball does not start until Christmas. You've also got the the Patriots. Some interesting news came out today in a report that ended up being disputed that the Patriots have been shopping around Mac Jones uh, from uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, but that reporting has been kind of debunked. Uh, the Los Angeles, the Las Vegas Raiders, sorry, Las Vegas Raiders have been making some more moves and becoming Foxborough West. They have signed Danny Amendola to be a receivers coach, and they've also signed former Patriots backup quarterback Brian Hoyer to a two-year deal to be the backup for Jimmy Garoppolo. So right now in Las Vegas, you've got the Patriots' former 
Uh, well, a lot of people thought might be their lead head coaching candidate to replace Bill Belichick and former offensive coordinator in Josh McDaniels. You have their former backup quarterback in Brian Hoyer. You have their former number one receiver in um, Jacoby Myers. You have a former you know, all-pro slot receiver in Danny Amendola out there. And you have, of course, their former uh, heir apparent to Tom Brady's job, but he got traded away, Jimmy Garoppolo, at quarterback out there in Las Vegas. So, Josh McDaniels just bringing the crew back together. I'm wondering if at some point Tom Brady doesn't join them as their quarterbacks coach. I mean, kind of like how it'd the, be the most. It'd be the most thing. It'd be the most thing. Kind of like how the Jets are just uh, picking up all these old Packers players for no reason. Oh well, oh I mean, somebody intends has every intention of playing. Yeah, you know, just no reason they're picking these guys up. No, not really. There's still <laughs> still some rumors going around that the Patriots might still be in the running to get Lamar Jackson and that he wanted to be there. But again, remember he's under the exclusive tag with the Ravens. So if the Patriots did sign him or he signed anywhere else, you know, the, the team that you know the Ravens would have an option to meet that offer. And if they don't meet that offer, then they're entitled to compensation in the form of two first-round picks. Generally, players that are under that uh, non-exclusive franchise tag, or exclusive franchise tag, rather, um, they end up, the teams let them go because they're getting a lot in return in regards of getting the um, uh, the, the two first-round picks, depending on who the team is, where that person is going. Bruins won the President's Cup, best regular season record in team history. Uh, also, they'll finish the year as the... Uh, having the best record in all of the NHL, and they'll be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference as winners of the President's Cup. And the Boston Celtics are close to wrapping up the regular season yeah, as it, well. At this point, basically the East is set kind of one through seven, not necessarily 100%, depending on uh, what happens in the play-in tournament, but it certainly looks like the first seven are set. Celtics going in at number two. Yeah, which uh, if things go the way, it looks like they'll go up against the Heat is the most likely option. Yes. The West is still insane. No one knows what's happening out there. <laughs> Just remember, the Phoenix Suns have not lost when Kevin Durant's in the lineup. Trailblazers have shut down Damian Lillard for the year. New CBA was signed, although details are like slowly coming out about that. And it was after like the midnight, the zero hour for it too. It was like after midnight the other night. Yeah, so there's not going to be a uh, work stoppage. This is a seven-year one, so it'll go uh, through 2030. Some of the big takeaways, uh, the in-season tournament that Adam Silver has been talking about is finally going to be happening. I really don't understand how that works yet. No, I mean, um, that'll be entertaining for certain. It's still supposed to like count towards your seating and everything, so yeah. I, don't re I don't fully understand how that works. Salary cap has changed. There's not going to be a hard cap. Basic, yeah. In the, what I say basically is because I don't understand all the details. Here are the basic things that I understand. Um, basically, if you want to keep and develop players, you can and you continue to, like, there's a whole new level of Supermax coming out of this. Like, you can keep on playing your homegrown players, but if, if you spend, like, into that new echelon, it uh, greatly restricts how you can take in other talent. I'm not mm going -hmm. to get into it because I don't understand it. There you go. One of the new things, too, is, like, during trades, like, you can't take in more than you're sending out, which is going to definitely uh, change how some things are done. It and definitely changes the economics of the NBA. And uh, for all-star voting, or, yeah, I think all-star and all-NBA, it's going to be um, positionless ne starting next year. That makes more sense. Yeah, it does. And that's kind of that for, you know, where things stand. It was, season ends on Sunday. Yeah. Here we go. Two months of playoffs, baby. Yeah. The most exciting time for basketball. It is indeed. And this is like the dullest because it's just like... Everyone's just playing out the string. That's... Well, right now, like I said, especially like the East is pretty set. Except for those guys like kind of jostling around where the play-in tournament's going to be. But some teams are just cruising at this point and others are like fighting for their lives. It's a weird time. Yeah. 
But I mean, that's usually what happens this time of the year anyway. All right. Is that it for sports? Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's enough sports for one day. All right. Let's go from there into screaming. It's streaming. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope. We're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. It's Picard episode seven? Six? Seven? It'd be seven because this week is eight, next week is nine, and then okay, vacation well, week is ten. I can remember which one. <laughs> Can't wait to get up at the ass crack of dawn to watch Picard with you. Oh, yeah. So here we go. This one, I do feel a, a little cheated in this one, but not in a big way. Just because going into this um, season, it was said, like, aside from Picard, like, the big players you're going to be looking at are going to be Riker and Troy. And you're going to get Riker in all ten episodes. And then this one happened. I'm like, you were stretching that definition a little. I mean, he was... It was. I guess Frakes was there for 30 seconds of one scene where it's not even him. It's a changeling. But yeah, sure. Yeah. Riker in all ten, my ass. But I mean, if that's all you're feeling cheated Squabble. about, that's saying a lot about the show um, I, I have one other thing to say kind of later on mm-hmm. uh, i do i love the our surprise cameo of getting captain tuvok yeah well i mean not really but still it's still fun to see him in there and you yes you believe it for a second i was like oh shit it's him but then it wasn't him then you get the nice voyager theme in there i mean again the show i said i say it every week it hits on all cylinders it's just the story is humming right along you're engaged i mean literally engaged the storytelling is great. They're setting things up. And really, we're, I mean, we're at the tail end of the second act here going into the last episode. Like, yeah. we, like this literally was the end of act two. Yes, this is the all is the lost moment. Yeah, I, no, seeing Tim Russ in there was fun. I liked Tuvok, and it was, it was a fun surprise. And I yes. liked how he played the character on Paramount, and it's on YouTube as well, but you can watch Will Wheaton do his little after show. In the ready room? Yeah. And I already told you this, so it's not going to come as a surprise, but yeah. uh, he was interviewing Tim Russ as one of the sex- sections on it, and he was talking about all the times he's been in Star Trek, because he did a bunch of guest roles as like assorted aliens uh, before he became a regular on Voyager. It include- he got to come back on Deep Space Nine as Mirror World Tuvok, and this is what I learned. Tim Russ is the biggest dork in the world. Will Wheaton's like, so can you just tell me about like what it's like to play in the mirror universe like is do you enjoy doing that and tim russ just goes oh it's a real kick in the pants like just so excited <laughs> the, it, the, the dorkiest phrase i've ever heard it jostles my loins oh my god it's a real kick in the pants huzzah oh my god tim russ uh wonderful to see him he's, yeah. he's in one more episode uh this season he said on twitter so we'll see him again yeah when i assume we're gonna see more cameos because hey we mention Janeway every other episode. If she, I will be shocked if she doesn't have a cameo appearance in this. Yeah, she has to, right? They've said her name enough times. I have a couple of cameo theories. That's, that's definitely one of them is we'll definitely get I'm feeling confident about Janeway. I'm also, because I feel like this was a missed opportunity in this one. I'm kind of jumping around the episode a little bit here. But we get um, uh, Vadik's backstory, which is, I thought, really well done. And like it's like, okay, I, I buy it. But part of uh, what she does is... Uh, Crusher and Picard trap Vatic behind a force field and they're oh, yeah. interrogating her. And she goes, like, you already lost one son. And then she turns into Jack. I'm like, this would have been a perfect opportunity for a Will Wheaton cameo. Oh, yeah. Which Would she say you already lost one son? She could have. That would have been, yes. But, and it's obviously he's still doing Star Trek stuff. He was in uh, last season of Picard for two seconds. And he's obviously like all these ready room things. Like he yeah. works with them regularly. Shut up, Wesley. My guess, and maybe I've said this already. I don't know. That Wesley will come back. At the very end, uh, with Soji, so Data can meet his daughter. Ooh, I like that. 
we can kind of close that circle on the show as a whole, like where we start. So there's still like some callback to what happened before. That does make sense to cycle everything back around. Because I bet you could have used him for that. Like, I think that's the only reason they didn't. Mm. Like, you could have used Will Wheaton for that. Like, just get him in there for a line. Yeah. But I bet they're holding back to get Will Wheaton back for one episode. Yeah. I, I would be shocked if they didn't get him in there. Now that we have data back and like he, and that, he's with Soji, I think it makes a lot of sense. I still think we might get a Tasha Yar. I, yeah, there's probably a good chance. I, I bet I bet they tried if they didn't, if she's yes. not in there. Cause, Denise Crosby? Yeah. Just, again, to play that full circle kind of yeah. card. I, yeah, I bet we get her Because then that, that really hits every... You know, actually, Pulaski. We'll get some Pulaski. Is she alive? That's a good question. I don't know. You can take out your phone for this one. All right. Diane Mulder, she's still alive. If the internet ever opens. Still alive. Yep. There you go. So she certainly could be. 84 years old. I doubt it. I mean, <laughs> sure, go for it. I guess if you can. I tell you what, I'd be surprised, though. Yeah. I mean, that's the point, right? She was also, I didn't realize that. She was also in two episodes of the original series. Yes, she was. Wow. All right. There you go. Uh, what else is going on in this one? Oh, uh, yeah, Vatic's backstory. It's, it's really messed up that she's keeping the face of her torturer. I thought that was a fun little twist. That is a nice little twist. Um, I enjoyed uh, Jordy's daughter making fun of Lore. Oh, that was <laughs> great. That was like, Isn't he a little arch? Like, yeah, because that's what Brent Spiner does. He either does, like, Data being completely cold, or he is insanely over the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is the range of Brent Spiner. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> and I do like that Lore's like, yeah. When you have to listen to them, like, vomit out all this hero crap, sometimes you need a little arch. <laughs> Not quite what he said, but close enough. Yes. I liked Lore in this a lot. Lore was great. They also completely dropped the whole B4 and, like, whatever the other soon was. And the one that they dropped as soon as they said it that I thought was a fun touch is when they, like, introduced Data. Like, oh, some of Lol is in there. Like, Data's original daughter. Yes. And they, like, they didn't do a voice and they haven't brought her up since. No. I mean, she suffered a cascading failure of her positronic net. But it was like, you said it. At least do something with it. And now it's literally just data versus beef or data versus lore. Yes, pretty much. Which I think is a great dynamic. And like it, and you had mentioned it, like the scene with Jordy and uh, Data Lore, Lore Data. Data Lore was a good episode, by the way. Um, don't roll your eyes. Like how he was trying to appeal to the data that was deep inside and like the acting there. I loved that scene. Yeah, LeVar Burton definitely gave the best performance of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, 100%. With that monologue. God damn it, Lore. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I, yeah, I love that oh, yeah. scene. The way he delivers techno babble still. Jordy, like, low key, great character. And I love how LeVar Burton is able to just deliver that, the techno babble. He delivers techno babble better than anybody else. This is my only kind of complaint to the episode. It was also kind of my complaint towards the end of like getting out of that nebula. I feel like we're lingering just a little. Like it's very clearly being split up into a three X structure. Not a surprise. That's what yes. know, most things do. But I've felt like towards the end of Act One and towards the end of Act Two, like I start getting a little antsy. Like I'm okay. Like we're we've been sitting here talking about this for a while. I'm ready to. What's the next thing? Frontier Day is coming, man. Frontier Day is coming. Yeah, so I'm told constantly. Yeah. I don't know. That's my only thing. It's like, I just, it's not bad. It's because it's only going to be 10 episodes and I'm sure like one at all. And maybe it's just some of like w anticipating, like wanting to get to the next thing. But I, I've towards the end of both arcs now, it's like, all right, get, get out of this fucking nebula. And like this whole like hunting Jack thing. I'm like, let's just, yeah, let's get to it. Come on. I'm curious. Like, what is Jack really? I mean, he's got to be some sort of hybrid changing human, right? I don't know what he is. And I don't know if we have enough evidence to figure it out. It seems like we're going to figure it out next week. Yeah. And we really kind of, 
didn't this week. dig deep, uh, you know, back into the fact that they stole Picard's body. We haven't really, like, they they have their theory. I love that they're doing things like they still go into the observation lounge, like that that every episode of Star Trek: Next Generation, the exposition lounge, as I like to call it. Yeah, I like. They'll I'll, all be. I, yeah, I bet they'll all they'll be up back together by the end of this week i bet oh yeah i bet this is the week where it happens yeah no war no real wharf this week no he's got to go get Riker and troy that's a good point he's gonna kick some maximum ass on that and apparently uh the lack of troy according to the showrunner on twitter it it just kind of came down to scheduling it's like look she lives in england and schedules are hard yes but she's gonna play a big role in the next three i would imagine so but i mean i've also bought why she wasn't there like what they established in the first season of picard oh yeah I, i haven't I, wa- I was glad they found a way to get her in, let alone... Like, it's, yes. all, it's all made sense. It's all been broken down well enough for me. All right, those are kind of my yep. hard thoughts of the week. No, I again, I think I kind of hit on those things that I, I love about this show and just... <sighs> Thursdays can't come quick enough. Moving on to the Mando Minutes. Mando! Minutes? We actually did like some space fighting this week. That was nice. I'm back on board on the show. It took a few weeks. Oh, I mean, what's not to like about fighting space pirates? Yeah, I like that design. I know we saw him in the first episode, but I like the design of that space pirate. Oh yeah, he's just like a he's like a big swamp thing. Yes, he's <laughs> kind of like he's like Oscar the Grouch in I, space. I love that voice. I was looking the guy up. Like I haven't really seen him in a I've, like little bit things, but that's a great yeah. voice. <laughs> things are finally moving forward with this, though. Like we're we're going places with it. So one thing that. This is one of those, like, if you don't know it, you don't know it, and I didn't know it. Apparently, there is a cameo in here from a character from Star Wars Rebels. I didn't know. Yeah, neither did I. There's, um, who's ever, I forget, who's talking to that uh, X-Wing captain at the bar. That's a character from Star Wars Rebels. And I was looking at him, and I was going, why is this character completely CG? And, like, everyone else is, like, all practical effects. And maybe it just has something to do with his design from the show. I don't know. but Might might be. That was just a straight-up Rebels character in there. Yeah. The cameo I cared more about was Tim Meadows. Yes, I was going to say, there was, like couple of important cameos this week. Tim Meadows being like the head of the security agent of the this like New Republic. Tim yeah. Meadows pop up. Like Exactly. Who doesn't love Tim Meadows? Apparently this is the show where um old SNL actors go had a uh, Horatio Sands in there. It's true. Now we got Tim Meadows. I'm like, ooh, this is like my era of SNL. Like bring them all in, baby. Come hither. I mean, maybe not all of them. Like Fallon can stay away. Stay away from the show, Fallon. Yeah, yeah, good point. He was in Band of Brothers for five seconds. Very distracting. <laughs> Yeah, but he did, I thought he was fine in Band of Brothers. Still distracting. So I mean, he did, what the he, hell are you doing here? True. There's some other good cameos in Band of Brothers, too. You're weirdo. Yeah, well, you know. I do like that this Mandalorian cult is like evolving. Because that's been kind of my issue with them so far. Is like they're so weird and strange. And I'm like, you all seem like a pain in the ass. And also, there's a point where like we've seen like they you know their world has fallen like it's falling very much into that same realm of like the jedi of like their hubris is what takes them down oh yeah 100%. so so i like that this is a different take on that it's like maybe that they can learn and grow versus just being like entirely wiped out yeah i think there's an important piece to that interesting stuff happening with the armorer and bo-katan yeah i like when <laughs> she just comes in and kicks some ass oh yeah and then the shit dad got to use his minigun. That was awesome. I'm not going to learn his name. He's a shit dad. Shit dad. But he's like, just lays people out. And so also one of those things in um, Star Wars, you're like, how effective are these blasters? Sometimes instant kill. Sometimes not. Yeah. Sometimes they bleed. Sometimes they just fall down in a heaping pile of burn. 
Oh, there was a, what was the, they made a reference this week. What was it? I remember it annoyed me. It wasn't as bad as it's a trap, but there was something else that they did. Uh, oh, he shot first. That oh, was yes, it. yes, yes, that yes. That was bad. I was like, Han shot first, but let's move on. The, these ham-fisted references are no good. <laughs> They're spam-fisted. They're not even like good ham. They're spam. Oh, God, I love ham. That's why Easter's great because of ham. This really. T- How good is ham, by the way? Ham is fine. Thank you. So all I needed was you to acknowledge that ham is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not enjoying these very obvious callbacks, but whatever. I'm going to be contrarian and say, I love it. Give me more. Like how R5 is just showing up to just like ruin everyone's day now. R5 is a little <laughs> narc. <laughs> Someone served with me in the rebellion, and I'm thinking, well, is this? And then he starts rolling, and I'm like, oh, Oh, right. yeah, him. <laughs> Skippy the force-sensitive droid or whatever he was called. Oh, God. Yeah, well, there you go. And the mystery of what what happened to Moff Gideon. Yes. I don't know. I, I saw some theories floating around that like maybe that's where um they just killed off Gina Carano's character. Mm. Like, oops, she was in that shuttle. Yeah, bye-bye. I don't know if that's true or not. I guess we'll probably learn that. Yeah. I think it's probably just smarter to ignore her and just like move on. Yes. Like, don't call attention to it. But I like how now there's like some like intrigue, like, oh well, which Mandalorians can you trust? Yeah, we'll see kind of when they go back, they're like, who will lead them all? And blah, blah, blah. It certainly looks like they're going for Bo-Katan, but there's that whole Darksaber thing, and I don't know. Mandalore! Yeah, the, the season is at least picked up for me again. It's Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not, like, I'm not back to the point where I'm, like, really excited week to week. Like, like oh, man, I can't wait for it. But to be like, oh, okay, well, like, this is good again. Like, I'm, ha- I'm enjoying myself and not feeling like, what am I doing? Yeah. There's, like, it felt for the first time, like, the last two weeks... The story is going somewhere. We have like a direction. Yeah. Which is before it was just like, hey, you remember us and all the cool space shit we're doing? Now it's like, oh, but we're going to do space shit that is like leading in this direction. Yeah. Those first three episodes relied way too much on exposition. Yes. Like, remember things from the Clone Wars? Well, if you didn't, let us sit down and tell you. Oh, do you also care about this random doctor? No. Well, too bad. Space position. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm back on board for the Mandalorian. Yeah. But you're on thin ice, swear to God, show. Yeah. You're on like Hoth ice. Well, then I'll see you in hell. Mm. Moving on from there to the main topic of the week. Why are we talking about this this week? No particular reason. Uh, this just got recollected, and I bought it, so that's why. But hey, it's a famous story. People are definitely interested in it. A lot of key stuff happens in this story, so we're going to dive in to the Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X story. It's Jared's Raining Corner. All right, so before we get into uh, the meat of the Jared's Reading Corner, Little backstory on this one. This was, uh, like I said, everything was done by Barry Windsor Smith on this. Pencils, inks, lettering, colors. Like, this is his baby backwards and forwards. All of it. And the way this was presented, uh, this came out in Marvel Comics Presents in a store in vignettes over 12 issues. So when you read it together, collected, like, it all flows pretty well, but you can still feel like the chapter breaks. Yes. But it doesn't distract, I don't think. You just, it may be... If you're just reading it like cover to cover, it might it feels almost like a little bit of a hiccup, but it definitely flows really well as like a cohesive thing. And it's even though it went f- uh, over twelve issues in total, it's only like 125 pages or something. Like, it's pretty short and concise, and uh, definitely like one of the key Wolverine stories. And it, it goes fast. Yeah, a, a lot of that comes down to uh, this is mostly just a slasher story. Yeah. Uh, let's before we get into that though, I want to hit you with a little bit of this. So this came out in 1991. So uh, the printing that we're looking at, the most recent cover, is this is Marvel Comics Presents number 79. 
maybe one of us in this room uh, dealt with that cover, just put their grubby little hands all over it when they're eating like chickpeas or like a roast beef sandwich or something. Oh, is that you? Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I, I don't eat chickpeas. <laughs> they're delicious. And got this bad boy ready for auction. Weirdly enough, like most Marvel uh, comics at this point, like for older stuff, they'll put uh, scans of like key pages in the background. Where the hell is my scan? I know it exists. I did it. Oh. Where's my fucking scan? Uh, Want to take a guess for how much uh, this cover went for? Fifteen like, grand. Fifteen more? That's chump change, baby. Uh, seventy-five grand. Two hundred and fifty. Keep going. One and a half million. Okay, not that much. <laughs> Seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> well, now you're getting crazy. Uh, went for three hundred and twenty thousand. That's still a lot of money in like December of like twenty twenty-one. Oh, well, there you go. I wanted to lowball it because then I didn't want you to be like, oh, well, you have no idea what you're talking about, and I clearly made Fifteen. myself more of an idiot. There's another one in here that also. That would have passed through my grubby little hands. Oh, yeah? It's not how I should refer to that. My God. All you do is touch things. <laughs> it makes it sound like You're a toucher. Just sneezing all over it. Not really. This is not how this goes down. But uh, there's a splash page in here of Wolverine just tearing through bodies. Like, that cover, I think that image has also been used for covers and other main things. It's probably the second most uh, famous image out of here. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is it the one where he's ripping the wolf in half? No. Is it the one where he's walking around naked? Uh, which one? If you want to see a lot of... A lot of Wolverine butt. A lot of short, hairy ass, and this is the book for you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That He's just sense. got piles of bodies all around him. The scan, also not in this book. I know it exists. I did it. Oh. Want to guess how much that page went for? Nope, because apparently I'm really bad at valuing comic book pages. No, come on. Give me a guess. Cover went for 320 What does Splash go for? Uh, 125 178 That was it. It was closer. Yeah. That was better. I get... $178,000 for that. And did you get any commission on scanning it? No. Yeah. no that Sucks works. to suck. I had a lot of key art come through my hands. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, you're eating chickpeas and roast beef? Yeah. Oh, okay. And a yogurt. And a yogurt. That's a strange combination of flavors. Well, not all at once. Your stomach thought it was all at once. Don't think that's how that works. Do you know your stomach thinks all potatoes are mashed? I think my stomach thinks every potato is a potato. Not necessarily mashed potato do you swallow potatoes whole so that's just every food remember that time that you only ate potatoes that was like a two-week thing yeah yeah it was a lot of starch now ah, yes the potato diet no fun don't recommend it. how did that work out for you it's fine you had starchy poops I, yes i suppose so yes <laughs> thanks you're welcome now everyone All knows right. that's kind of uh some of the background on weapon x all right jared's reading corner well like you said, very slasher type stuff. There's not a whole lot of like Wolverine dialogue because he's usually like under sedation or looking really despondent or yeah, drugged. He doesn't really. Yeah, he doesn't. There's a couple of things here and there, but for the most part, he doesn't really speak until the very end of the story. No. Uh, and he also like there are long phases where he's not doing anything. But when he does do things, people die. People die hard. There are a lot of. Well, probably the quick summary of this. This is the story where Wolverine gets his adamantium yes. and loses his memory. Yes, it, which you can see that like in the X-Men movies, some of the stuff they pull here where he's in the Yukon, he's in the bar, he gets knocked out. Yeah, they just beat him up. They beat him up. The whole scene in, um, I want to, which would it be, X, it wasn't X-Men, was it, it wasn't Days of, which X-Men movie was it where he had the cameo as Weapon X where he would like, uh, that was Apocalypse? No, it wasn't Apocalypse, was it? It may have been, yeah. Yeah, he shows up for five minutes to out of the Weapon X facility. Yeah, and just it, kills everything. He's wearing the helmet. Yep. And he's, I think, was there Hugh, Hugh Jass in that? No, that was Days of Future Past. Oh, okay. 
But that's when he had his bones, not his adamantium. Yeah, and that's but some, regardless. So that's funny about this. Uh, kind of the story of how Wolverine got his claws. His claws comes out of this. Basically, there was like so much excess metal that it formed claws that, yeah. that he could then retract and you know pop out. Uh, not that many years later, let's say like maybe three, maybe two. It was, that's when the bone claws story came in. So at this point, when this was done, like it was just like, oh, he never had these up until this point. Yeah. Cut to later in the 90s, Magneto rips all the adamantium out of him. That sounds painful, considering how painful it was probably to put it in him. Yeah, and that's when they discover that he has bone claws. Yes. So anyway, they'd been hunting him and the professor, because that's all he's known as in this, like had yes. always, always known that he was a mutant. And they weren't like 100% sure about his healing abilities. Yeah, no one else. They get real weird about it. They're like... We sedated him and shaved him, but all his hair grew back yeah, after exactly. 20 minutes. Oh, well, continue with the procedure. Yeah. But they, like, are pumping him full of adamantium underwater and, like, just excruciating pain stuff. And he just, like, he looks, like, some of the art is really interesting where he just looks like a wounded dog. He's just like, oh, like. I mean, that's Barry Windsor sullen. Smith for his for him writing this. Like, he's certainly uh, better known for being an artist and one of the top ones out there and it's fun seeing something like this i mean there's a reason that like that cover went for like three hundred thousand dollars yes but the because he's one talented dude but the work on like mind controlling him and like bending him to their will like you can understand why when we meet logan like he doesn't know a lot about his past because of the traumatic events of being in the weapon x program unwillingly and the brainwashing and and everything that went along with it and there's even a lot of retconning that will happen later about this story like oh it was um romulus that like contacted the professor to get all this done and other oddities like that like wolverine's backstory for a long time and like people are hesitant to even tell stories like this it's like it was kind of treated like the way you treat yoda like the less you know the better the more yeah he's a mystery it adds to the intrigue of the character and now every goddamn second of wolverine's life has shown up in one flashback or another and a lot of it contradicts itself and it doesn't make a lot of sense and that's where we are now from someone who is very mysterious to uh now the backstory like it's, it's too convoluted <laughs> But this is still a clean one, and it's still yeah. one of the key Wolverine stories out there. I mean, everyone's always like, how did he get his animanium? And, like, there have been different, like, theories, like, they would, like, flay him open and then, like, put it in that way. But this one's very much just pumping it into his body and letting the adamantium, like, adhere to the bones. It, like, every time they wake him up and, like, provoke him, he gets progressively more and more and more violent. Like, the first time he fights the wolf and kills the wolf, and, like, that's impressive. Now leave him out here in the cold overnight. It's like... That sucks. So he's like cutting down bears. Just oh, yeah. Throwing wild animals at he him. He beheads the bear. Like, <laughs> sing. But like, th- like as he becomes more angry and more like self-aware, yeah, like, like he has a full-blown mane in some of these panels. Oh, my like, God. It's not just like sideburns and hair. Like he has a lion's mane. Which opens up the question I had like, well, if his hair grew back that fast, does he have to like trim and like cut hair every day? Like is that something he has to do or is it just like. I think it's a mental thing of. Yeah, I'm controlling where where this goes. It's a good point, but I mean, he progressively even the Weapon X people are like we may have made a made a boo boo here because this guy is dangerous. Yeah, he keeps killing people. Yeah, I think I love they keep on trying to control his brain. I love the fake out. Did you enjoy the fake out? Oh yeah, where like you thought he killed the professor and the person like no no I'm very much alive. Yeah, that was all just the mind control. We're just testing you, but he just, yeah. he like burns through this entire facility, just killing everyone except this one woman. Yes. And, and like he cuts off like the professor's hands. And oh yeah, stuff. and he's like walking around with the stub, and then he like cuts off sh- the other hand. Cuts off the other hand. <laughs> I like the line that, that he's like, "We need to get you a stretcher." He's like, "My legs are fine; it's my arm that's missing." 
<laughs> that was good. Uh, I do wish that, like, if you're going to have someone call a professor, maybe don't make him a bald professor. Like, we already got one yeah, of well, these. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe that is to, like, plant the seed of why initially maybe there's some mistrust. Maybe they mirror each other. Ooh, or there's, like, some mistrust between Wolverine and Professor X. Juxtapose. Or the time that uh, I liked here when the professor's like, are we even? And he's like, yeah, we are now. And he, like, shoves his claws through his head. <laughs> it is a little bit of a funny fake out because uh, for as much as like, oh, he's going to kill everyone. And it's like, no, he didn't. And then he just does it again, but in real life. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, you like that? Well, we're going to continue to kill. And then he is able to escape and he walks naked through the cold. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't talk until the, it's like literally it's a slasher movie. It's watching Michael Myers. It's watching Jason Voorhees. Just like this immovable force that is literally just like killing them one at a time, like can't stop. And also much like a slasher villain doesn't talk throughout this entire thing. Yeah. Cause like his brain has been all scrambled, all jacked and, up and, and, he's, and he's just in pain. I understand him right now. Yes. But me and you together, Wolverine, as, as I hobble away, I'm just going right here. So you don't kill me. Is it safe? It'd be like, it'd be like a slasher thing right now. Cause I can't chase anyone. Oh, that's, oh, well, maybe... I'm like Jack Torrance at the end of The Shining, or, just shuffling one leg along. It could be that. Or you're doing that classic trope where, like, the person who is the slasher is somebody who's been feigning an injury the whole time. So, like, oh, it can't be him. He's injured. He's wounded. But you're really not. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm pretty wounded. Okay. <laughs> you know what? That's what somebody would say if they were trying to convince me that they were wounded, but they weren't. You're right. <laughs> I knew it. You're on to me. What a long con this is. Long. It's only been 48 hours. Max. God, it feels like more. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. What's funny is you're like, there's not a lot of dialogue, but it's also at the same time there's a ton of like quick, like there's a lot of like sm- people talk to each other who aren't Wolverine, but it's all fast. It's like very staccato, mm-hmm. and even like the thought balloons, like so it's very little, but there's a lot of a little, so it, it makes the whole thing feel kind of frenetic with its energy. Which yeah, I, I like it was, the way it comes off in that way. It was very, like you said, frenetic. It was very. Quick paced. There was a lot of, you know, okay, we got to get to the next scene. We got to get to the next scene. But I love that splash where he's holding the guy up on his arm, on this, on his claws. Yeah. Well, that's the one that went for 178. Yeah. Well, I can't, you know, I mean, sure. Why not? Where are the scans? The, your scans aren't in there. Huh? huh? Where but are I like how they like, they shoot him up and he's like, yeah, go ahead. It's not affecting me at all. I mean, it sucks, but no, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, you've done a good job of, fi- of, it is selecting a, things that I've found enjoyable. Wait till next week. This is a quintess- oh, you motherfucker. We'll, we'll get there. I also got to give it to you. I'll get it to you tomorrow because it's a chunk. Oh god. Yeah, this is a quintessential Wolverine story. Aside, like some of the weirdness is like some stuff will get contradicted or retconned later that like doesn't quite fly. But uh, especially this is a. I mean, the what the one that I bought is pretty cheap because, like I said, it's not that long, but it still is collecting like twelve issues worth of stuff, and it's. It's just fast and it's good and the art is incredible. It's violent as all hell though. I said if you yeah. want to see a tiny naked man, you're gonna see a lot of him, and you want to see a lot of people bleed out, you're gonna get a lot of that too. Hooray! Like, there's no like pulling punches in this. No, there isn't. I mean, there's not a lot of punching. There's a lot of stabbing. Uh, there's even I don't I didn't have you. But read it's this. it's very animalistic. Like he's like very much drawn as an animal in this. It's hard to like quantify or like. You don't see him necessarily as the human Wolverine. You see him as a true, like, just animal. There was um, an extra little bonus story in here that was from uh, Wolverine 166. This was just a, I mean, this like five pages as, as a little backup story where Barry Windsor Smith didn't write it, but he did the art for it. 
And there's this very brutal story of like one of the people working at the facility just talking about like how Wolverine like found him and like didn't kill him, but just took a lot of time on his face. (laughs) (laughs) It's real brutal. Then the face. Oh, how you focused on the face. Slash after slash. God, how I prayed you would just stop, but you just kept on howling like a mad animal. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah, that's uncomfortable. But if you're an X Men fan, if you're a Wolverine fan, it's a must read. Yeah, it's it's a def- it's a quintessential one. Uh, I hadn't. It was one of those like, you're aware of it just through osmosis, but I didn't read it before, so you know, worth the twenty five bucks or whatever I paid for this. There you go. That was thirty. Oh well, close enough. Taxes and shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, surprising recommendation. That very famous story is pretty good. Yes, it is. All right, we're going to move on from there to letters to the editors. A lot of questions, number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. Are you kidding me? My note that I put in here in my notes didn't save. That had my list. Oh, for the question? Fudge! Well, one of us wrote their answers down. I did, but it's no longer here. What the friggity flop? Pen and paper, baby. That's all right. Hey, if you want to ask us your own questions, you can send them into editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Question of the week. If you had to remake the first phase of Marvel using the Muppets, which Muppets would play the Avengers? So, first Avengers movie, who's who? If they were cast as Muppets, Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, Hulk, Hawkeye, and Thor. All right. I remember mine, so I'm going to say it. I'm going to go. No, let's just start. Iron Man. So, I was torn on Iron Man. Very, very torn. I was like, Kermit is like the tent pole Muppet. Kermit didn't make my list. I have Kermit somewhere else. I, I threw in some addendum characters. For me, Iron Man, I ended up, because he's always setting himself on fire, very eccentric, very weird, Gonzo. I also went with Gonzo. I went. I was going with the inventor aspect of it. Okay. Well, then that would have been more like a Bunsen honeydew, but he's on my list later on. Not on mine, but yeah. Okay, so we agree that Iron Man is Gonzo. Yes. Captain America is also a layup. It's uh, Sam Eagle. Yep. Same with me, of course. Yep. Like, who else was it going to be? Hulk? I have two Muppets for Hulk. What's funny is I wrote one down, crossed it out, and wrote down a different one. Okay, so Hulk is going to be it's two Muppets, because Hulk is really two characters. Bruce Banner is Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. And then when he's actually th- uh, actually Hulk, Animal. I only wrote down Animal. Okay. I, uh, the f- first one I wrote down, though, was Oscar. And then I crossed him out. Oh, is it because he's green? Green and angry. Okay, that's fair. That was good. I mean, yeah, I can but see I that. But I thought Animal went better with Hulk yeah. than Oscar. Um, Black Widow? There's only really one choice. Yeah, Miss Piggy. Yeah. Hey, these franchises sure have a lot of female characters. That's what I know. Yeah. Like, like, I was trying to not do the obvious ones. I'm like, can it be anyone but Miss Piggy? No, it can't be. Like, Miss Piggy's going to kick your ass and so will Black Widow. I think I think you'll like my Hawkeye pick. All right. Well, who do you got for Hawkeye? The Count. Because he has a monocle, so you can see better. Oh, no. I didn't get anywhere near the Count for mine. Oh. I went with Scooter. Ooh, that's a good one. Why? Because he's the least interesting <laughs> Muppet. It's just like, why are you here, Scooter? You suck. Sco- yeah, Scooter doesn't really do a lot. <laughs> so in my version, Hawkeye is Scooter because yes. we're all just like, why? Yeah. Why are you here? You're the least interesting one by far. Yeah. And Thor. I went with the Swedish chef. Also, so did I, <laughs> because that was as close to like Norse mythology as I could yes. get with the Swedish chef. Some bonus characters I did, by the way. Those I didn't. I did uh, Mick Fury. That's where I put Kermit the Frog. He's kind of like pieces okay. the team together. Sure, I can. It was him or Rolf the dog. No, nah, I can see Kermit there. Yeah, like, uh, especially if we're going off like the Muppet movie. Like he's yeah. that force that brings them all together. Yes. Then I I also did one other one because like the dynamic between um, Sam and Bucky, Stadler and Waldorf, the two old guys in the balcony, always kind of shitting on each other. <laughs> sure. So that's where I was. I was like, oh, there's got to be a place for Fozzie in there somewhere, but there really isn't. 
Fozzie could be Ant Man. Fozzie, yeah. See, that was like one of those uh, pieces. But he was that wasn't the question. I answered the question. No. Yeah, I don't know. I could. I had some fun with this. And I, I guess my alternate to Kermit, if we're just talking about like the Muppets universe, Orson Welles is Nick Fury. Orson Welles is Nick Fury. Get them the standard I rich to and find, famous contract. I wanted to find ways to incorporate like um, Guy Smiley, Big Bird, Oscar. I wasn't sure where Oscar was going to go. I was thinking um, Grover would be an interesting uh, Captain Marvel because he does transform into Super Grover. Well, now you're getting more into Sesame Street. Yeah, but he's still a Muppet. Grover is 100% a Muppet. There's a book, The Muppet. The, like, the monster at the end of this book, he's a Muppet, 100%. But if you're like talking about like classics, Sweetums also was a candidate to be the Hulk because he's just so big. But sure. there you go. All right. That, That's there we it. Go. All right. If you enjoyed the show, go to patreon.com slash editors note comics. A dollar a month gets you the day. Uh, the day Gets you a show. Gets you this show, the day we record it. Uh, it does. Plus, you get access to other things behind the paywall, including Pods of the Dark Tower, uh, a Patreon exclusive right now. It is... Uh, a quintessential, definitive podcast on the Dark Tower. It's not. Okay, well, you know, I'm just trying to <laughs> sell it for you. But you can also get that there. Two episodes are out now. It's going to be Patreon exclusive for the first 20 or so episodes. So if you want to get in on that action, you can do that through Patreon. Plus, there's other cool stuff behind the paywall. Like uh, if you're a big fan of Buffy or Firefly, there's some stuff, uh, Serenity, there's some stuff back there that you can check out behind the paywall. Yes, everyone loves Joss Whedon stuff now. Well, you know, I just, I'm trying to, like, you know. <laughs> And you're on Twitter doing uh, something. Yeah, I was going to say, if you also want to interact with the show, you can send us emails, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Interact with us there. Rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms. And you can find Zach on Twitter. Just look up Editors Note Comics. I'm there at Junior Rich. Apparently, you're giving me some real big piece of shit next week. Um, it's not. It's, you didn't say that very convincingly. It's it's not. a there. There is good in there. So next week, okay. we are going to be tackling the first Secret Wars miniseries uh written by jim shooter art by mike zek it is a key quintessential piece of comic book history also obviously with the movie coming in a couple of years also with like kang discussions there's a lot that this is going to be pulling from this story it is key major things happen black suit spider-man first crossover in comic book history it's kind of boring all right <laughs> there we go <laughs> but that will be next week we'll see if uh how the opinion evolves it's a secret all right we'll be back yeah great be back next week